This is Christian Horner. You've won the Austrian Grand Prix. <laughs> this is Sergio Perez. I am Max Stappen. You are listening to Talking Bulls, the official Red Bull Racing podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a very special Dutch edition of Talking Ball. After an absence of 36 years, we're back amongst the sand dunes of Zandvoort. It's Max's home race and he didn't disappoint the thousands of Dutch fans making up the Orange Army around the track. Well done, mate. That was epic. That was epic. You've won your home race. You are brilliant today. Enjoy this lap and enjoy the podium. Thank you very much, guys. Amazing strategy. You were really, really sharp today. And uh, <laughs> nice pushing 72 laps here. I love it. <laughs> Great job, guys. Well done, Max. Incredible win. Coming up on the podcast, we speak to Red Bull athlete Svan van Gent, the 2019 BMX World Champion, and Aras Gibiadza, the Moto Artist. First, it's over to Max Verstappen and David Coulthard to hear about how much this track means to them. So after many, many years, we're coming back to one of the truly historic venues for Grand Prix racing. This is a circuit that was designed by the same man that was behind Suzuka and also Brands Hatch. These are two of now this circuit as well included the three of the truly iconic race circuits they have elevation change they have camber change it attacks the senses of the drivers if there was ever a circuit designed for max verstappen this is it i mean it feels good to be here now um you know of course it was a shame that last year was cancelled but um i have to say now to see the track in this state is uh yeah, really amazing to see, so just looking forward to, to get started. I've been lucky enough to spend quite a bit of time in Holland over the years and race here at Zandvoort in lower formulas. The Dutch fans are incredibly passionate about their country and about their sports stars. Max has really captured the imagination of the nation and along with Red Bull, he has grown the Formula One fan base to the point where we not only see a sea of orange here in Zandvoort, but we see it at key races across the year. I think in general, you know, Dutch people uh, like to follow a certain driver or team, you know, they always go in full force. So um, to finally have a home Grand Prix for sure, people won't they won't want to miss out on that. You know, I, I mean, of course, it's always very nice to have a lot of fans around to support you. You know, it gives you a lot of motivation. You know, to to do well. I've had a few crazy moments where there was a guy also. You know, he, he tattooed all the the victories on his back. I think at the time it was five or six. So I don't want to see his back right now. <laughs> <laughs> Being at a home race does definitely add another dimension, another pressure. Some drivers are really lifted and boosted. You know, when I was a, a young guy watching Formula One, I remember Nigel Mansell would talk about people power and how that gave him time. I can't say I really felt that when I raced, uh, but I was lucky enough to win the British Grand Prix a couple of times. But I also remember being in tears of frustration because I wanted so badly to have a good qualifying or to have a good race, and you know sometimes it doesn't work out. So Max is a pretty cool character, and he's very good at deflecting any any sort of pressures away. But I have to believe. He's still a young man. He's very proud of his Dutch roots. I have to believe there's an increased pressure at this event. My favorite uh, experience from here, I think sector two, especially in the Formula One car, is so many fast corners that it's really enjoyable. And, and now, of course, with the new dimension in, in sector one and three, with the bank corners, I think you know that's going to add up to already you know a really cool sector two. 
Well, the banking here at Zambor is something like we've never seen. It's even steeper than would be in Indianapolis. You know, we'd previously had a Formula One Grand Prix there using one of the, the bank turns. I think it will add another dimension to the drivers. It, it gives them an opportunity to play a little bit with lines, especially at turn three or four, uh, the left-hander. The last corner, I think, is very clearly defined. It's the shortest way around the, the corner will be the quickest line. But I think that uh, the narrow nature of this racetrack, the elevation change, very short lap time, is going to make it very much uh, attacking the senses of the driver in the same way that a Monte Carlo would. I think I had one or two laps with Daniel back in the day with a caravan behind and I think I wasn't allowed to destroy mine so I had to drive slow but I think Daniel completely ripped his one apart so. So I was lucky enough to do a running show car event here with Max and I remember we went out uh, behind the the, the main pits and uh, out into the sand dunes and, and Max took off and I was really worried because I thought you know we should build up and get a feel for the car and the circuit and I thought I'm going to come round the corner and find bits of race car lying around but no not at all this is Max Verstappen he's uh, committed he's fast uh, you know he's got skills that I can only dream of and uh, for him it was just normal to go flat out straight away. I always have to try and do the best I can in terms of uh, race result. So it doesn't matter if it's a home Grand Prix or, or not. Um, I'm just, you know, going to try to enjoy the whole weekend, you know, uh, with all the fans around. And that he did. He brought the victory home for all of the Dutch fans. They'll be partying for days after that win. Well done, Max. Now, on Talking Ball, we'd like to introduce you to other areas of the Rebel world. We sent Rashid to have a chat with BMX World Champions Van Van Gent and Moto Artist Aras Gibiata. Over to you, chaps. So it's the Dutch special of the Talking Bull podcast, and I'm joined by two of Red Bull's finest athletes on two wheels, both of them. Uh, Twan van Gent, he is uh, the 2019 BMX world champion, and Aras Gibiaja is a motorcycle stunt rider. Um, Twan, let's start with you. You must have a love for speed. Where did that come from? Oh, good question. Uh, I think... Over the years, uh, when I started racing BMX, uh, the speed got higher. And since I was 16, the sport got, uh, got Olympic back in 2008. And then the 8-meter-high start ramp got introduced. And we hit like 60k an hour on a 20-inch bike. It's And you can imagine the bike is like no suspension. It's really nervous. And... It's, yeah, it's really small. So the sport got quicker in, in quick succession then? Yeah, actually, yeah, it did. Because uh, because of the Olympics need to be uh, on a parking lot. Like, you can be built a track on a parking lot. So they introduced a high ramp uh, to increase the speed. And while increasing the speed, the jumps got bigger, the, the speed got higher, obviously. And um, the level got, yeah, got up because it was Olympics. I know that you like things on four wheels as well, uh, which includes Formula One. Do you remember when you started following the sport? Yeah, around 10, 11, back in the day with Schumacher, which evolving in my own sport, didn't watch it like that much anymore. And then, yeah, Max came around and then, yeah, following it every year since. Aras, I'm, I'm assuming two wheels is better than four in, in your opinion. <laughs> it depends what you like. I like both. Everything what's with the engine is in my blood. So where did the love for speed come from in your case? hard to say actually maybe from my father he was the maybe even from his father because he was running the bicycle uh, national team of the Lithuania uh, yeah and my father was uh, sort of racing with the bicycles but not for very long and not very professional 
maybe from that uh, side the, the love for speed came. Now, it seems to be that the Dutch have a love for speed as well, because wherever the F1 circus goes to, uh, you see Orange fans. You see them in Hungary, you see them in Belgium, you see them in Austria. You were at the Dutch Grand Prix uh, on your uh, stunt bike, I, I suppose I should call it, um, performing in front of the Dutch audience, the Orange Army. What was that like? It's amazing. It's amazing, actually. It's been such a long time. I haven't seen so many people in one place, and now... Here at the grandstand, you can see like, I don't know how many of them, but it was full, full, full house. And it's amazing because for me, the best feedback you can get from the people, it's their smiling faces. This is the best for me, you know. I'm doing my stunts and people clapping and screaming and I can hear it, even with the engine is on and the helmet. It's unbelievable. Let's just listen at what that engine sounds like. And you're telling us that you can actually see the audience smiling because you, you do 360s all the time, but you can still see the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I'm doing the Christ on the on the tank, like a stand like this, right? I can see the people because I'm waving, shaking hands, and it's kind of my relaxed trick. Wait, you, so you, you stand on a motorcycle to relax? Stand for the trick, but it's also my relaxed trick because it all only takes the balance. Right. So you can rest a little bit. Otherwise, when you're doing wheelies, stop it, drifting, you need a lot of, uh, it requires a lot of power and the pressure to keep the bike in control. So once I'm doing the crest on the, on the tank, I can wave and I can just play with the audience. Twan, I'm wondering, what is the power of something like the Orange Army? For example, you were in Tokyo, of course, um, and there weren't a lot of people there in the audience, if any. Is that much different than when there are fans, people cheering you on? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, when when you're riding a, r a really important race and there are no no people cheering for you, it's it's feel it it feels more like training with a few false guys. And uh, there's a there is a medal at the line, but it's it's different at that point. Uh, if I compare it to other uh, to other Olympics, if I look back to London 2012, like a lot of Dutch people were there as well and the stands were packed and then the the feeling the atmosphere you you, you get kind of some yeah kind of wings and you, yeah you can be perform like a lot better than yeah i can than uh than without and does it matter what kind of audience it is do you like seek out the orange people uh, it's 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 more the, the reaction of the people and uh the love for the sport they're watching and um yeah, but if it's orange, it's always better. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we mentioned Formula One already. Uh, you, you were, uh, I guess, so watching maybe about 20 years now. Um, when did you first become aware of Max? I never followed the, the other classes like below Formula One. So um, in the years Max got up, up, up in the ranks, uh, I was yeah, more focusing on myself. And when he arrived uh, in Formula One, I was totally back into it. Uh, like that's more like it. So yeah. 2015, he joined Toro Rosso. That's when you you got yeah. back into the F1 groove, basically. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Ross, what about you? What do you think of this Max Mania that you experienced in the Dutch Grand Prix? It's amazing. It's amazing to have such a talented guy in your country and uh, 
after 35 years to bring back the Grand Prix, it's, I can just imagine it's unbelievable. And I met Max first when he was a uh, step up from the Toro Rosso to Red Bull Racing Team. And he had a show run here at the track and I was performing mm -hmm. as well after he just won his first race. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So since then, I am in love with his riding style. And it's just not his riding style. It's maybe about his character and all the Dutch fans surrounding him. It's, he's huge. And this is really important for the country. You, you mentioned his first victory. I'm, I'm, you guys both wondering, do you remember where you were when that first victory came? Not really. Do you, Tom? Sitting at home, watching TV. You were watching it. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it, yeah. And he stepped up to the team, of course. Did yeah. you expect anything like that? Well, after the first turn, yeah. After the first turn, like, uh, obviously, uh, the Mercedes were uh, qualified P1 and P2. Max was right behind, and yeah, you had a feeling like maybe, maybe finally a Dutchman can, can do it. And he just did it first time around. And do you think that's an important start for the Orange Army to turn up now at all these races? I think something has to do with it, yeah. Like, we know he can do it, and he proved himself like so many times already now. But actually winning a Grand Prix first time uh, in, a, in, the, in the Red Bull racing car is, yeah, it's huge to do something like that with so much pressure. Aras, are you a regular uh, viewer of Formula One now? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to watch it all the time. Also love MotoGP. Watch the MotoGP as well. Of course. Every race. Uh, yeah, and the Formula One as well. But w if we're happening at the same time, I'll choose the MotoGP. <laughs> yeah, but the Formula One, I'm big, big fan of it. Definitely. Tuan, um, I have to ask, do you think uh, this is the year that uh, the Orange Army will get its own world champion? Yeah. Yeah. I have the feeling uh, the whole year, actually. Uh, um, and even with the, the bad luck he has this year, his mental game is so strong. And yeah, it's just really unfortunate what happened with the, with the flat tire at the end, like winning the Grand Prix like practically and then you get like a flat tire you're done and two times didn't finish and all the other races he was so good so consistent so relaxed and he still is after those two setbacks and giving away the point lead so yeah I'm really confident in in Max this year okay well uh, we, we all hope you're right of course Aras you have any any crystal ball views on, on uh, whether the team will become world champion yeah I hope so I hope so and it looks like it's really can happen this year because he is very fast as always and the car is also seems working really good this year so they both are together so it might be something really special for max and uh, dutch fans this year i'm just wondering you guys stand in the spotlight you have often an arena of people around you is there anything that maybe an orange fan or any other fan did that that you remember that stood out because they did something crazy in the crowd while you were actually performing? Is there something in your mind that comes up? Yeah, Worlds 2019. What happened? I had a bus load with friends with me there in, uh, in Zolder, and one of the guys screamed through our start signal, and it's like a, a voice you remember. You, 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 know you recognize the, vo you the recognize voice. You recognize the voice, right. so it comes true. And it set me off completely in quarterfinals. Yeah. So he messed you up? No, eventually it didn't really mess me up because I still still won at the end. But 
in the quarterfinals, I didn't have my best game. And then I really, I told, uh, I sent my coach uh, to call them and like, hey, KB, please be quiet between the, at the start because they were like right next to the hill. So uh, yeah, they sh <laughs> shut, shut up for the rest of the race, but during and before, it just gives you a boost. Tuan, um, I'm wondering about the Dutch Grand Prix. Do you remember what you thought when, when it was confirmed that it was going to happen? I need to be there. That's the first thing you thought, <laughs> give me the tickets. Thing. Not like, yeah, not, not necessarily give me the tickets, but like, I need to be there. Like it's, it's, it's something really special, and especially when Marx is performing with the Red Bull card, it's, it's so good this year, yeah. You have to be there as a Dutch fan. How important is Max to the Netherlands, you think, as a Dutchman? Uh, since soccer isn't that going that well late the last couple of years, um, I think it's it's bonding, a sport is still bonding, and um, Marx is the replacement of soccer the last couple of years, and that's one of the reasons so many fans, I think, are, are there, because he is performing really well, and it's always yeah better to, to cheer for somebody who's performing really well uh, at the end. And uh, yeah, uh, who has a shot at a world title than like a soccer team who has the potential but doesn't show it still like after a couple of years and it's getting like uh, frustrated a little bit because mm -hmm. you know you, they can play so much better than, than maybe they do now, but yeah. What do you think, Aras? Is it Has it got anything to do with the world championship chances that Max has currently? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, I think so. He's very big. I can imagine he's like you said he's changing a soccer it it might be the biggest sportsman in in the whole netherlands you know it's it's really huge and to have such a fans like he has he's the best you're from lithuania yeah do they know him you think is formula uh, one a, a a much viewed sport in lithuania it's kind of popular we have on tv mm -hmm. so it means it's it's pretty popular sure yeah and they will probably know him yeah definitely but the ones who watch it, or at least a little bit following Mo Formula One, we know for sure. All right. Quite impressive. Did you also actually, Tuan, follow, because Max is, of course, from a tradition of Verstappen drivers, did you follow his father as well? Yeah, I saw him in his orange car in the, in the, in the grid. Yeah. <laughs> Quite often after the, after the, yeah, after a few laps, but he did, he did really something uh, special as well, I think. He, he, he He's been like the the one who's did it. At, at, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the first one, but I, uh, for my when I yeah for my time uh, when when I'm alive, uh, I know Jos Verstappen was the first in Formula One, and now to see his son following his footsteps and yeah, it's it's the better version of himself. He was a really talented driver as well, and uh, I just. When I walk in, I walked uh, walked in. I just yeah, I saw him and just yeah, good luck this weekend. And he's a really humble man, and I like that a lot. Proud father for yeah, sure. Yeah, proud father for sure, and nervous father as well. Do you think the Orange Army changed much between when Max's dad Jos was driving and now that Max is driving himself? I don't think it's changed. It got just got a lot bigger. Right. Yeah, the fans are there and always been there, and now just. A lot more people get the get to see the charm of the sport because of Max, and that's a really special thing to do for uh, a, a guy who's uh, 23. 23, yeah, yeah, twenty three years old or twenty four, depending on. Okay, that's all. all he's, his birthday is pretty soon. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're for, gonna uh, for a mid twenty year old, he's doing like such an incredible 
thing for the whole country. Yeah, if if you if you look at how it is in Formula One now, it's it's impressive worldwide. What he's doing. A final question I have for both of you. Uh, you are mega stars on two wheels. Would you ever trade the two wheels for four wheels or us? It depends what level and if I can perform good because I really enjoy two wheels. I used to racing actually, but I was a bit too big and too heavy for the racing and the uh, results weren't that great as in stunt riding. So I choose stunt riding and I found a big, big passion in myself for it. So. I don't know if I could trade it. It really depends of how would I feel it if I tried. So you're open to going to four wheels depending on the opportunity. Yeah, but not now maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. So how about you, Tuan? Because you said you know you're you're going to quit BMX. Yeah, but I'm sticking two wheels. Yeah, two I'm, wheels definitely. I only swap two wheels for four to drive towards the races. To do races with two wheels. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, too. Great to hear from the lads there. Let us know if you decide to swap for four wheels and we'll let you have a run around the track. That's it for this special Dutch edition of Talking Ball. Keep up with all the latest from the team over on our socials at rebelracing.com. From here, we head straight on to Italy for the next race weekend. Until then, take care. <laughs>